It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. It's a big week here on Capitol Hill as the 2019 Georgia General Assembly convenes. You might have heard there's a new governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, 33 new House members, some new senators, new committee chairs, and commissioner. Always an exciting time when the legislature is in session, even more so this year with the 155th Georgia General Assembly. January is an exciting time, the second Monday in January when all of our friends from across the street come back from their hometowns. Um, And I've always watched the legislative session and done some type of work in it in the 20 years um, and love lawmakers, especially when it was filmed in the basement of the Capitol. Wow. I like the low budge. I really like the low budge version better than the high tech version. But but anyway, um, but being on the agency side, it's a little bit different because you're always watching to make sure that if you have an agenda, it it gets through smoothly and you answer any questions. But also, if there's anything that, that comes up that may have unintended consequences, it's nice to have a, a strong team of Liz Young and Ryan Ringsred, who's new to this role this year. And then our advocacy partners, uh, Polly McKinney from Voices for Georgia's Children is with us. And it's nice to have us all working together to make sure um, that the session runs smoothly for our agendas. Right. I also love uh, lawmakers. I kind of like it that we have our own little Georgia gang going on in here today. Um, so we're going to talk with uh, Liz uh, who is the uh, Director of Government Relations. Ryan is a DECAL Deputy Commissioner of Finance and Administration. And as you mentioned, Polly McKinney, Advocacy Director with Voices for Georgia's Children. Polly, we're going to look to you on a lot of questions that we probably don't uh, necessarily uh, get out loud and bold as a state agency. So we're going to go to you a couple of times. But let's start with you, and maybe an obvious question, but what impact does a new governor and lieutenant governor have on a legislative session? Well, it depends, right? Because the legislative session has many branches involved. And so um, I think a lot of it right now is whose agendas are going to line up with whom, with whose. And so the impact, I would say, is that it's all brand new, right? We have a lot of newness going on anyway. We're going to have new chairmen in child-serving positions. We're going to have new commissioners and hopefully not one, new one. I'm (laughs) Banking on being here. Um, and we're going to have uh, a new chemistry yeah. between the House and the Senate with a new lieutenant governor. And the speaker obviously has been here for a while. And then with a new governor. So um, I think that that is the biggest thing that we have to look at. I don't think you can predict, you know, my crystal ball doesn't go in the weeds. <laughs> it right. just goes in the big relationship place. So. Yeah. Now, you've monitored uh, the legislature for a number of years. Um, th- is this, would you consider this a, a big year of change because of the election, because of the new people in place? Uh, yes, yeah. I would. I, I think it's about as big as it gets. It's, I want to say it's one of the uh, largest changeovers in since like 2002 or something. It's mm. been a big shift. Uh, The Democrats picked up some seats. Um, The Senate has all new leadership in terms of its majority leader, its whip, and its, uh, well, um, Butch Miller's been there before, but and a new lieutenant governor is the president of the Senate. So that's all like cooking around. And, uh, And then, of course, the administration, where we had sort of a comfort level with knowing the players for the last eight years under the deal administration, 
you kind of knew who you had to talk to about what. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we have sort of a new deck of cards Mm -hmm. and you sort of have to see, you know, who's who's holding which one. Right. And it's not just us, our agency, not just your organization. Mm -hmm. It's everybody Everybody. involved in this. So I know um, Governor Kemp uh, during the campaign has talked about improving literacy through early learning and is on board with Quality Rated and our goal of having all programs receiving CAPS quality rated by the end of 2020. What else do you think is going to happen in that area as far as his uh, involvement with literacy and early ed? Well, I have to tell you I'm really excited about that because I don't think it's just his area. I think it's everybody's area. Mm -hmm. And that is always, as an advocate, I mean, we're nonpartisan, so we don't pick a side at Voices for Georgia's Children. But um, what I do like is to work on children's issues where everyone gets along and where everybody is on the same Um, pathway for the right goals. And I think literacy is something that both parties can own together and can share and can make huge headway with. I do think that it's nice to have leadership at the top that is excited about it, much like, you know, former Governor Deal guided us all through criminal justice reform Mm -hmm. um, and a number of other things. But I think that that there is going to be some significant changes. And I don't know if change is the right word, but uh, advancement on our literacy goals. Um, Liz and Ryan, obviously there is a state school superintendent, uh, Richard Woods, uh, here in Georgia. But the governor really has a lot of influence over public education here. Liz, how does that uh, – how do you see that? Well, just a, one follow-up on an earlier point. I actually checked today, and we have 37 new uh, state representatives, 35 incoming with two open seats, one to be decided soon. So that's an att- – tremendous number and we have five new senators so the shift has changed as polly mentioned um but when so that means new committee chairmen's including the house um, education and the senate education so uh chairmanship so it's going to be interesting on those two and then when it comes to the governor's impact just on education as a whole i think we've talked about it before he appoints the um, state board Mm -hmm. which makes a difference uh, the board of regents um, again, as Polly mentioned, he you know stands strong on policy issues like literacy, um, appoints agency heads, he submits the first budget, um, which all affects education as a whole, regardless of of having a state superintendent. So our commissioner came from the Office of Planning and Budget. Let me ask a budget question. Uh, A lot of focus around that here in these first early days. Well, that's where it all starts. I mean, that's really the first thing um, that the governor has to do. I think by Friday of the first week, he's got to propose his budget. And that's the only thing the General Assembly has to do is pass a balanced budget every year. So that's what we're always watching for. Um, And I'll be interested to see, because it's tricky when a new governor comes in, because he's late in the game. We start the budget process in September. September. He comes in in November. He was a little delayed this year just because of all the discussion around the election results. And so, um, you know, he'll put his stamp on it, I would mm-hmm. suspect. Um, but I think the next year is when we'll really see a full Kemp agenda through the budget. Mm-hmm. Ryan, uh, in recent years, DECAL has uh, proposed legislation um, before the General Assembly, including our current requirement for national fingerprint background checks for anyone working in the child care industry. Do you expect any proposed legislation this year? So you just heard about all the change that Polly and Liz talked about that we'll be going through this year with the, what you say, the new deck of cards and not knowing how everyone's agenda lines up. So this is not uh, the worst year to take a less aggressive approach. (laughs) (laughs) So we won't be having any agency legislation. You may recall last session we cleaned up the criminal records check bill. 
And so we feel like we're in a good place, and with all the change, we'll be in a kind of a reactive mode. Mm-hmm. We hope that's the last time we clean up the criminal records check legislation. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Thank Let's, you very much. Put, put that one uh, away <laughs> for a little while. What about through appropriations this session? I know sometimes things can happen there. So for the last, I don't know, seven or eight years, maybe even longer, we've uh, requested flat budgets through the appropriation process in accordance with OPB instructions, of course. Uh, this year, for the first time in a long time, we were um, – authorized to request a 2% increase to any of our programs that are funded by state funds. So we requested a 2% increase uh, for our CAPS program, a portion of which is funded by state funds. Uh, We'll be hoping that gets through, and if so, that would result in, I think, 275 additional children or slots for us to be able to serve through our CAPS program. So we're real excited about that and hopeful that that gets through. Some breaking news here on decal download right you know we probably don't talk about our budget requests that much and we won't know if the governor recommends it until he delivers his budget on by friday right coming up um liz are there any bills or issues we're watching that might impact early childhood education this year well again um we won't know until they drop some legislation. I've looked at the pre-filed bills, and I don't see anything right now that really stands out. I think you'll always have um, something maybe around lottery funds, maybe around uh, pre-K and capital outlay, uh, things like that that we would look for. And obviously, CAPS is a big issue that comes up, and people want to see more funding for our CAPS program. And then from there, I would say, there's just a whole host of, of legislation around children in general. It may not be specific to our agency. It may be, um, and Polly could probably speak more to some of it. It could be around health care. It could be around um, social and emotional um, well-being and things like that. And we tend to see that in the education committees a lot, something around recess. or So it does affect maybe um, our children in care, but not maybe specifically our agency. What about this uh, Senate committee that was looking into revising the school calendar, maybe starting later in August and ending around the 1st of June? What do you think about that? Well, we've seen a lot of discussion on that. I think, um, you know, school systems have um, had local control over their calendar, and and you have a lot of parents that have opinions on that. So I know they had a study committee on it, and they made some recommendations, and uh, I think they'll have to take it from there. I think they'll they'll hear a good bit from... From everybody on all sides on that right. one. Polly, are you hearing anything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone yeah, has an opinion that's, on that's this that's one. That's a busy one. Yeah. Um, and part of, part of the reason that we're super attentive to it is that the Georgia Statewide After School Network is also housed in Voices for Georgia's Children. And hmm. Katie Landis is the, the executive director of that organization. So they testified not taking a side one way or another, but making a making – it perhaps better known that you know during the summer children of all ages face some obstacles and some of them are lack of child care or appropriate summer enrichment programs uh, summer feeding programs and that if people are going to extend the school calendar the summertime um, then some consideration needs to be given to what happens to the kids you mm-hmm. know and so that's that's why we're watching it and we're hopeful that and, and we, we do have the impression from the study committee report that they are they are aware of that mm-hmm. issue now. And um, so it makes us hopeful that something positive will happen, whatever the outcome of those recommendations. Anytime you're talking about school and the calendar and parents, uh, I guess you're going to have a lot of opinions. 
Yeah, I, I would say that the, the thing that's going to be most entertaining and that we'll probably just sit back and have popcorn over <laughs> is going to be who chooses which piece of this uh, argument. Mm-hmm. So parents will think one thing. Local school districts will think different things from each other, some of them. Um, teachers will think something else, perhaps. I mean, it, it's uh, the tourism industry obviously has a card to play in this. Sure. And um, it's, yeah, it's going to be pretty entertaining. You know, we talked about all the changes uh, in the faces that we see around the Capitol, too, uh, that we will be missing are Brooks Coleman and Lindsey Tippins, who chaired the education um, committees, uh, both the um, the House and the Senate committees, respectively. Um, first of all, let's give those guys some credit. I think you really enjoyed working with them in those roles, Liz. A- absolutely. Now, um Representative Coleman retired and did not choose to run again, but Senator Tippins is still in the Senate. He just, uh, as of right now, is not the chairman of that committee. So he's a big supporter of early education Mm -hmm. and our agency and all the work that Voices does. So we'll still have him on our team and supporting us. So. Any idea who the new chairman will be? Now, as we're recording this, we're going into the week. And so forgive us if there's news breaking as we're... A load, you know, uploading on a Wednesday, but um, who would you like to see? I don't know. Flip a coin. What do you think, Polly? Well, you can't. You can't pay me enough to make. Yeah, that yeah. I was gonna say you're gonna <laughs> get us in trouble with that one. I'm gonna give it a yeah, shot. I'm, I'm gonna shy away. From but there's that. some good people that are interested in this issue, and you know, I we would think s- all the potential options are great. We think they're good. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, good, that's the right perfect. answer. Perfect. And when you quit working a decal, you can come work. For <laughs> but but I would say that that one of the things that has been really nice is that we do have a lot of good child champion champions mm. for children in the legislature I mean, really really do and they have sort of come into their own in the last eight years and gotten on board with a lot of stuff and understood brain development and young children and teenagers and it's been really good and our, our goal would be to just keep growing that that group mm-hmm. right. um but as far as who who the chairman are i'm her crystal ball does not get yeah, to touch. Right. Suddenly cloudy. <laughs> we, we already had the disclaimer that she had lost her crystal ball. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It doesn't get into the weeds. <laughs> right, exactly. Let me ask you guys, uh, as, as a group, we see a lot of focus on this disparity between the cities of Georgia and rural communities uh, across a lot of different things, health care, uh, hospitals, uh, economic development, all of those things. How do you see that disparity in early childhood education uh, and care? I would definitely see, say we saw some of that in the workforce, and workforce development um, is an issue that's come up a good bit. And probably, you probably, I'm sure, see it with um, health care for children. Health care, transportation for transportation. children. Uh-huh. Yeah. You think there'll be a focus on that? There seems to been a lot of discussion around the campaign. I, I do. I, I mean, that's my impression. I think everybody's ready. I think they had to, there was a lot of learning that needed to get done, and I feel like um, a lot of the folks that are not new uh, have have mostly arrived at what, what the challenges are. I mean, another one that you wouldn't think directly, like you wouldn't necessarily put in the child advocacy bucket, but certainly affects everything that happens in education and for kids is broadband connectivity. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so a lot of the infrastructure stuff, I mean, when you think an adult can't do something, remember that a child really can't do something. I mean, they can't drive, they can't vote, they can't get around, they they don't get to choose their own lives to a certain extent. So 
all of that infrastructure stuff that rural Georgia really needs um, affects every kid. Mm -hmm. I'll be surprised if we don't see a lot on rural development. I mean, not only from the Rural Development Council that met over the last year, but just from Governor Kemp's platform and um, the way he handled his campaign and then how he's setting up his office now. He's got, and I don't remember the name of the office, but it's basically a a regional office for the governor, which um, I've never seen before. Um, and I think I would assume um, the intent of that position is to really work in rural Georgia. Mm-hmm. One of the things we heard him say when we were at the Biennial Institute was your zip code should not dictate the outcomes. Mm-hmm. And to hear a, a Republican governor say that, you know, that means a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I know he's talking about the regional offices and outreach to the different areas. So I, I think that's important. You know, it's very Atlanta-centric. We try very hard with our six regions to be more locally based, and we've got uh, community coordinators that are working out there as well as all of our consultants around the state. So we're definitely an example of a state agency that is not Atlanta-centric, and we work very hard to try to recognize that. Um, if people wanted to follow, we mentioned lawmakers, if, if people wanted to follow the Georgia General Assembly this year, beyond the regular media coverage, any suggestions from you guys as to where they should go? Well, I, I mean, we've talked about it before, and we all watch it and pay attention to it. Polly has a wonderful two-minute take that she does weekly, and she does a weekly update, um, and both, I think, can be found on the Georgia Voices uh, website. And it's her her update, her actual paper update um is one to read it's entertaining and um but really still gives you all the facts that you need so i highly recommend that and then i would say um you you can watch them you know online i mean both chambers are broadcast and it's super easy you can either go to the house site which is just house.ga.gov or the Senate site, um, senate.ga.gov. Well, I knew this year the Senate committees are going to be Yes, right. the Senate committees. Yeah, they've never so, been televised. Right, the right. House right. and Senate yeah. committees are online, so you can you can watch everything. Um, and you can come down and visit the Capitol. You can sit in the gallery. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, they're nervous to meet their rep or senator, but honestly, they hear enough from us, and they're actually excited when a constituent comes to their office or comes introduces themselves because that's who they're there to serve. And so they really actually want their constituents to be involved. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend that people watch, pay attention, read as much as they can, and then actually come to the Capitol. Ryan, you may not want to give away all your secrets, but how do you follow? So I'm hesitant to even say this, but if you don't have time to do all the things Liz just mentioned, (laughs) the easiest way to keep up with it is to follow Greg Bluestein on Twitter. Yeah. Right? He's a writer for the AJC that covers the Capitol. And uh, for an easily consumable way to follow the politics under the Gold Dome, it's got to be one of the easiest ways. Yeah. Kind of a passive approach you can take and still learn a lot. Yeah, he's everywhere. He sure is. I just don't see how he does it. But uh, and he has time for maybe just a short lunch in the cafeteria over right. at the Twin Towers. <laughs> Polly, do you have any secrets on this? How to follow? You know, I I get the luxury of living at the Capitol, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not as hard as you might think. Uh, no, I think there are so many resources out there. Um, local newspapers cover an awful lot of stuff. Um, local TV news covers some, though. I don't know that you get quite the feel for it that you do in the newspapers um you know i i do the update so i follow myself which is kind of (laughs) weird but but one of the things that i would i would echo that liz said that's really important is that the people that you're following the legislators and the policymakers are human beings Mm -hmm. and to that end 
here's breaking news. Voices uh, starting the second Thursday of the legislative session, we are releasing sort of a throwback Thursday video series uh, where we have interviewed key policymakers about their childhoods. Oh, oh. So, nice. yeah, it's a really sweet little series fun. that doesn't get doesn't really get into the policy weeds, but it helps you know your lawmaker. And once you start realizing that everybody's got a personality and that they're all me- well-meaning and that they want to do good things for their communities and for the state, it makes it much easier to advocate, right? Mm-hmm. It's much easier to pick up the phone when you know that somebody, um, you know, got in trouble for sneaking out at night when they were <laughs> 12 or whatever. So Who was that? Uh, yeah, uh, you have to watch. Ryan has a lot in common with that person. Right, yeah, really. have to tune in Episode on that. Two. I love that idea. That's going to start the first Thursday? Yes, it's okay. going to be called When I Was a Kid. Oh, and it's great. just a little simple. Each one's about five minutes long. Love They're it. Kind of you can sign up for those online as well. I see some poly fingerprints on that little project yeah. there, I think. <laughs> I love that. Commissioner, any advice for folks who want to follow along? Yeah, I think it's probably all been given, but it's so much easier than it ever has been before. I mean, I remember when you used to have to go to the Capitol and see when the committees were meeting and sit in the committee rooms, um, and now it's all online or televised, and we have all these friends that tweet about it, and so it's so much easier than ever before. But I would recommend lawmakers. Yeah. Yeah. Set your DVR for 7 p.m. That's a good one. Every night. Every night, I know, exactly. Um, And a lot of our elected officials, uh, from the governor on down, are on Twitter, and you can get to know them on a personal level. Um, so encourage you to do that. And, of course, Commissioner Jacobs is on Twitter, at ComJacobs, so you can follow her. What about contacting state legislators or the governor's office? That can be a little intimidating. What would you say people should do if they have an issue or question for their elected officials? Uh, it, it may sound intimidating, but the minute they pick up the phone and just reach out, there'll be staff there that will answer their questions and get in touch with their legislator and they'll respond. I mean, they're incredibly responsive over there. And again, if you, you know, they're a constituent of that person and so they want to help them. Um, so I would not hesitate. Call, email their office with whatever question that you have and you'll be surprised. They will respond. Mm-hmm. Right? Anything? Yeah, just the what Polly said earlier that they are just people, you know, and they were elected by their constituents. That is not lost on them and they know that the more responsive they are and the more questions they answer and the more they help people, the more likely they are to get reelected. And so they are very responsive, and it should not be an intimidating thing to reach out. You know, um, next to local government, because they are elected by these districts that are so close to the people, these really are the folks you want to be talking to that can make a difference in your in your area. So, Polly, any advice you'd have? Yeah, I would say a lot of folks think that their call won't matter or their email doesn't get read. Um, but I have actually been in the offices when those phones ring and watched the administrative assistants or the legislator themselves make hash marks about who wants you to vote yes and who wants you to vote no. All of that stuff is, is public record, is mm-hmm. saved. You can also come to the state house and testify. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people forget that your voice is really important in those committee hearings. And if you have the time and the ability to get here and you're, fo- and you're really like wonky and Probably a little passionate. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Wonky and passionate. passionate. That's the word. And you want to testify. I mean, I will I will go so far as to, to give you my email address so that you can reach out, and I'd be happy to help you figure out where to park and how to come and, and have your voice heard because that, whatever anybody's position is, that is the most important right. thing. Yeah. And, and really, we owe it to them. We elected these folks to represent us. It's the least we can do to kind of back them up. 
you know, with our opinions. Well, or teach them. I right. mean, a lot of times you forget we elect our peers too. They're humans, right. but they're also our peers. So we have, for instance, a number of insurance salesmen and some realtors and some funeral home directors and some lawyers and some this and that business, small business owners, and they don't necessarily know child policy, mm. right? They do the best they can. But they need you mm-hmm. as a hum- as an, somebody with different life experience to help them. Yeah. And with Voices at the Table and, and uh, our group here today, let me just say how much we appreciate the legislature supporting early childhood education and coming out with events like uh, Pre-K Week and reading to these. I don't think there's anything more inspiring than to see our elected officials surrounded by 20, 40, 64-year-olds as they're reading uh, behind the little red door. <laughs> so it's been And they great. love it. They yeah. love it. And I will, I will just go ahead and say this. Valencia Stovall has kind of set out this. She wants to have a challenge between the Senate and the House. And so we're going to try to figure out how we can do that as a state agency. <laughs> but we might need our advocacy partners to help us with that challenge. We like yes. challenges. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> She's, I love Valencia it. Stovall is a fantastic supporter of yeah. all early learning. And so we're going to try to try to get that challenge. I like that idea. Well, it's going to be an interesting session. Uh, I know we mentioned the other day uh, around our agency that um, that second week, I guess, of the session with um, the MLK holiday, they are kind of in committee meetings and things like that. And then the Super Bowl is going to kind of have an impact this year. Right. That's what we're hearing. There are no hotel rooms. And so we think they'll probably recess for most of that week before the Super Bowl. So that really delays uh, the length of the session for us and for them. Um, but yeah, that's what we're hearing. Super Bowl is going to be a full week celebration. It sounds like <laughs> it does. It sounds pretty uh, intense. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess the kickoff officially is the big barbecue. Oh yeah, the Wild thing. Hog Supper. Wild on Sunday. Hog Supper. Okay, that well, ha- already happened. When you're hearing this, it right. already happened. <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the agriculture community in Georgia, which you know, ag is our number one industry here. In case those of you didn't know that, but most people know that. Um, they come to the state house and do this bit, or come to the freight depot across the street from the state house and do this big, huge dinner for lawmakers and lobbyists and people who are running for Congress. Like everybody comes yeah, through there, everybody. and a lot of farmers. Um, and they roast some wild boars. And there's <laughs> like, you know, you walk in and there's the pig, like with the apple or whatever in its mouth. And <laughs> but there's a lot of really good mac and cheese and greens and stuff like that to eat too. But everybody kind of gets in there and schmoozes and kind of kicks it all off. And um, the Atlanta Community Food Bank or the Georgia Community, the Georgia Food Bank Association is the sponsor every year. And so um, you pay 25 bucks or something to go. And then mm-hmm. they, you can also bring cans. And um, it really helps our food banks that speaking of rural and, and yeah. high needs areas. Great tradition. And uh, make some great pictures. You've described that very well, but yeah, the photos. <laughs> but, are but officially, the session begins at 10 a.m. for both the House and Senate on chambers Monday. on Monday, the right. 14th. Right. And so. the inaugural will be on Monday as well. Correct. That's behind us now. We're living in a time warp here right. in podcast land, but uh, so it's going to be a great week. Uh, again, we recommend that you stay in touch with Polly on the two minute take on the Voices website. That's uh, georgiavoices.org. And uh, you heard it here first, flashbacks, throwback Thursdays with our elected officials and uh, some of the stories from their childhood. That should be great. Polly, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's fun. I work with the rest of these people every day, but thank you guys (laughs) for being here uh, as well. I want to give you a quick update from Georgia's pre-K program. You know, we released the 2019-2020 school year pre-K application on January the 2nd, earlier this year. 
It's due back to the decal office on Friday, January the 25th. And, Commissioner, that's going to ultimately benefit parents who are looking for choices in pre-K this year. That is definitely our hope in releasing it earlier and making our funding decisions earlier uh, so that parents have uh, more time to make that decision on where they want to send their child to Georgia Pre-K. So take advantage of that. You'll find it on our website at decal.ga.gov. You can email your questions to pre-k at decal.ga.gov. Uh, with any questions you might have. And we'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast, and you can do that through email as well. It's decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Now your questions from the water cooler. My name is Susan Braney. I'm in the pre-K division. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what the $2.9 million grant that was recently released is going to, what it's going to cover? Well, thanks, Susan. So the preschool development grant that DECAL was just awarded at the end of 2018 uh, is about $2.9 million, as you stated, and that's really going to be used as a planning year. So it's a planning grant. So unfortunately, there's probably going to be some disappointment. This is not um, grants that we will be dispersing out to providers at this point. Um, This is used for a one-year grant uh, for us to plan with other state agencies to coordinate uh, resources around early learning for um, all children, especially those children um, from low-income families or from disadvantaged families, we'll also be looking about how do we support underperforming and underserved geographic areas like rural Georgia, and then how do we increase alignment of our birth to eight system for children and families supporting the state's third grade reading goal. So this first year is really all about planning and strategic planning with other state agencies and partners and doing a needs assessment on what the state needs to make all that happen. And here's something brand new. Take the decal download quiz and be entered in a drawing for a prize. We'll draw from all the correct answers. Here's your question. What is the name of Polly McKinney's weekly video on the Georgia legislature done for Georgia Voices? What is the name of Polly McKinney's weekly video on the Georgia legislature done for Georgia Voices? Email us your answer now to decal download at decal.ga.gov and good luck thanks for tuning in to decal download for more information visit our website at decal.ga.gov the conversation continues on facebook twitter instagram youtube and pinterest follow commissioner jacobs on twitter at c-o-m-m jacobs